uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. started because I'm telling you if I go up I might not come back and then I say thank you Lord amen Second Kings chapter 4 and I'm just going to read a few verses in your hearing this is a message that we wanted to declare for the new year and during New Year's Eve service we uh, you all can just be seated I don't have to stand for the reading um, because of the time I, there were some points I didn't get to bring out and so I want to just share to give us some direction for this year second Kings chapter 4 verse 18 through verse 24 and when the child had grown up it, it happened on a day that when he went out uh, with his father to the field with the reapers, when it was time to harvest, he said unto his father, my head, my head, my head is hurting. And he said to the lad, you know what we want to do if we ever, if we don't feel good, go in there with your mama. Verse 20, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon. And then he died. And she went up and she laid him on the bed of the prophet. Because you know she had a room for the prophet, for the man of God. And she shut the door on her dead son and she left out. She called unto her husband and said, uh, send me one of the young men and get me one of the asses that I can run to the man of God and I'll be back. Verse 23. And I know, I know the translation is a little different. This is just how I read in my head. <laughs> Verse 23, and he said, um, why are you going today? It ain't, it ain't church time. It ain't no moon. It ain't no Sabbath. It ain't convocation. And her response was, everything is okay. It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive Go forward. Don't hold back for me, except I tell you to. All of God's people said amen. So some of you who have watched us online and you that are in the sanctuary and you took, if you had a chance to take any notes on New Year's Eve, uh, our message was entitled, Pull Out All the Stops. Um, this text is very uh, familiar to Bible readers because it's, it's introducing to us one of the miracles of the successor of Elijah. The successor of Elijah is Elisha. Some people pronounce it Elisha. I'll pronounce it Elisha uh, because that's how our church in India pronounces it. And I'll pronounce it Elisha for the sake of separating Elijah and Elisha. 
because similarities should be similarities because uh, Elisha served Elijah um, to the point Elisha even prayed in his request for Elijah is I want a double portion of your spirit and so we have dialogues in in Christendom and among theological scholars and prophets what does a double portion look like especially from such a great man right and young people are, are sometimes deemed to be zealous and and the expression of what they ask for can sometimes be a reflection of their maturity like your kids you kind of know where they are when you ask them what do they want uh, the older you get, when they ask you what do you want for Christmas, you start saying clothes, right? <laughs> and money, yeah, you're starting to grow up, right? <laughs> when you're little, you just want toys, right? Uh, when I was growing up, and for Christmas time, if we got a bunch of clothes, I was a little disappointed. We got you some clothes, some t-shirts and some socks. <laughs> like, socks? You give me some socks now, I think it's the best thing. See, I don't even have on any today. I was in the back struggling with which socks I could put on. I was like, I just won't put on any. Amen? So, socks is a wonderful thing now, you know? So, how do we, how do we, Elder Jamesia, uh dissect Elisha's request? Because Elijah's getting ready to leave and Elijah asks Elisha, what do you want? And he says, I want a double portion of what's on you. How do you, how do you dissect that? If his maturity and his, the nature and the characteristics of who he is is based upon what he asked for, how do, we, how do we dissect that? What is his character? Because if you really want to know where somebody's walk with God is, don't examine their shout and how they dance because there are some people who dance. I mean, they can dance, dance. Spiritual maturity. See, that's why it's kind of confusing for us because we automatically want to consider that people's gifting is synonymous with their maturity. And that's not always the case. Just because you can sing in the high place don't mean you live in that high place. Just because you have a lot of head knowledge don't mean you know him. So how do we examine, you know, when Elisha says, I want a double portion what's on you. That can be a little offensive if you don't understand what he's asking. What is a double portion? A double portion is only reserved for the eldest son. When you say, I want a double portion, what he was actually saying you are my father. What you ask for is a reflection of how you perceive God. What's your prayer request been looking like lately? Because if you only ask for stuff, you don't see him as father. You only see him as sugar daddy. And that's why some of you are offended. And this is why you need to be encouraged from week in to week out. Because you're mad that God didn't do what you wanted him to do. Well, he's only obligated to do what he has said. And when you perceive him as father, he doesn't have to do it as long as he lets you stay in the house. My name don't even have to be on the house. I got a place in the house. How, how do? So when he said, I want a double portion, everybody else is around Elijah. He's saying, I perceive you as father. 
If you only see him as a master prophet, all you can get out of him is prophetic impartation. If you see him as a father, that means you get an inheritance. An impartation can last for a season, but inheritance goes to generations. I want you to lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for an inheritance. Okay. So then, does he get it? Does he actually get Man, I got stuck on my first line. Let me expedite this. Does he actually get the double portion? I want to lift to you that he did. But when he first got it, he didn't know it. No, for real. You know what? One reason why he didn't know it because he was caught in his emotions. Because he asked God for something, God released it, but he was focusing on what he lost. He asked God for it and when God released it, he missed it because he started focusing on what he lost. Because in order for the double portion to come, the double portion is an inheritance to a son once a father dies. And see, some of us, we want to hold on to the, to, we want to receive the new thing while we also hold on to the old thing. But some of you, the reason why you haven't perceived it and haven't received it because your hands are still full. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't know all the details of this new season, but I'm embracing it. I'm embracing it. I'm a little nervous about it because it's the unknown, but I'm willing. I know what I asked for. And if I got faith for what I asked for, I must be willing to release what was. And I challenge with releasing sometime. It's because everything God requires for us to release is not something that's bad. And some of it is bad, but it ain't all bad. <laughs> and you know what happens when God requires something? We automatically start seeing the good and stuff. You know? Although they cheated on you, they did give you something for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Although it was a system that kept you bound to just being an employee when God wanted you to own your own business where well, at least it was a consistent check <laughs> and so we start romanticizing what was but tell your neighbor don't forget what you prayed for oh I'm sorry don't forget what you prayed for because sometimes God starts to answer our prayer and we start getting offended by it don't forget what you prayed for. You said you wanted to go higher in God. Sometimes going higher requires dropping some weights. Don't forget what you prayed for. I want to be more anointed. Well, let me crush you to get the oil out of you. Come on, somebody. I want, I want God to get the glory. Let me let you get sick so I can heal you. I want to know God a little more. Oh, come on, somebody. I need a praying spirit. Let me release some trouble to your life so you'll pray more. Because nothing births a ministry of prayer like trouble. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you're going on Facebook fast and consecration and put oil on your head. He got it when Elijah, when Elijah went up, the mantle came down, but his emotions caused him to miss it. It wasn't until a situation arose where he needed to get across water 
he needed the cross did he realize what he needed he had and I want you to know right now God is getting ready to bring you into some rooms God is getting ready to bring you to some spaces he's ready to bring you to some conversations he's getting ready to bring you into a new place and I want to prophesy to you that will receive it from a father today that you have everything you need when you open up your mouth the language and the terminologies and the vernacular you need that's come is going to come forth I speak to everybody that will receive it God is bringing you into a new space and he's giving you the innovative innovative ideas he's giving you the witty inventions come on he's releasing to you a download right now in the Holy Ghost for this season you in he brought you into the season already loaded I asked my class the other day which one came first was it the chicken or the egg what which one I mean Ask your neighbor, which one? Which one? Which one came first? Answer them. Which one came first? How does God create? How? how, When God brought Adam into the garden, how was he created? Adam was not a baby that became a man. Everything he said, he said, let that be, and there was. That's why we don't believe in evolution. When God says, let that be, there was. So when God created Adam, he created Adam a whole man. When, when God needed chickens, he created a chicken with the egg already in the chicken. He created the man with the seed already in the man. And I come to tell you, he's bringing you to a garden when everything is already in place, and everything you need is on the inside of you to reproduce. Look at your neighbor and say, Elisha, you got what you need for the season you're in. Come on, point to somebody else and say, hey, 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 Elisha. Tell them, don't forget what you prayed for. Now believe you got everything you need for the season that you're in. Come on, shout across the room and say, hey, Elisha. Hey, Elisha, Elisha. You survived 2020. You made it to 2021 with everything in you that you need for the season that you, somebody need to receive that. Point to yourself and say, hey, wake up, Elisha. Wake up, Elisha, on the inside of me. You, why are you going back and forth? Why are you dealing with insecurities? Why are you being self-conscious? Why are you holding your head down? Lift up your head, oh ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Why? Because you have everything you need for the season that you're in. And uh, there's so many. Help me, Correll, preach this. Carlotta, help me preach. There's so many uh, miracles I can show you to prove to you that he does have a double portion. And when I said double portion, I'm not talking about he's better than Elijah. I'm saying it's, it's double in magnitude. It's double in the amount of miracles. And so um, there's so many miracles I could use and break it down for you. So many, you know, to show you how God used Elisha, right? And if you really want to bring one to the table, this is probably not the one. I maybe should have used a different one if you really want to brag about the anointing of Elisha. 
But I'm going to bring up the one with this little boy. Because this is an unintentional miracle with unexpected challenges. And that looks like my life. And when people tell you, oh wow, you just walk in the miraculous, uh-huh. And surprising challenges all the time. Miracles I asked for, challenges I didn't desire. Elisha and his servant are always commuting. Because if you're prophetic, you must be open to the direction of God. All right? When you're prophetic, I'm not saying prophetic doesn't mean you're unstable. That's that's not what prophetic means. Because, you know, some people want to blame spirituality on their instability. Prophetic doesn't mean I'm not stable. Prophetic means I'm spirit led. I'm open to where God wants me, when he wants me to be there, and I don't always have to understand why. All right? So I'm following the voice. And so this Elisha is constantly in movement. And uh, he, he would come past this area called Shunem, this woman who's well-to-do. Uh, we know she's well-to-do how the scripture describes it because it seems like, uh, Pastor Scott, in the text, she's more of the strong leader. She's, she's the voice, you know? You kind of see the interaction with her and her husband uh, that, you know, she's kind of the strong one. I want to say to you in, in this house, don't try to um, mimic your marriage like everybody else's. I mean, just because you're the head of the house don't always mean you're the smartest in the house. Just because you're the head don't mean you make all the decisions. Just because you're the head of the house, that don't put you over the finances. I'm the pastor of this church, and I know I'm called to be the pastor of this church, and there are people in this church that are smarter than me. That's not intimidating. That's not intimidating to me at all. As a matter of fact, it moves me. I'm impressed by the fact that I have people in this church that have doctorates. I'm, imp- I'm blessed. Oh, people in this church got doctorates and masters and bachelors, and I got an HGP. Holy Ghost for power. <laughs> I'm not intimidated by that. I use that. So I'm the pastor. My role is to be the head of the local church. And my job as the head of the local church is to use wisdom who to put in place. And so this man, it seems like there's no friction. You know? His wife seems to be a more strong figure and there's no, there's no friction because when you know your role, then you don't have to fight for power. Only people who fight for power is people who are not comfortable in who they are. All right, let me move. Let me move. I'm sorry. You know, if my, if my, someone asked me one time and says, what if your, what if your wife is called to be a preacher? I was like, good. What, what about if your wife makes more money than you? Great. She preaches and her ministry gets a little bit louder than mine. That's a reflection of me. I carry her bag. Preach, babe. She make more money than me. You better do it, babe. 
Meet me at the bank. We got one account. Hallelujah. We all bring something to the table. I'm not intimidated. I said, I'm not intimidated. See, some of you, the reason why you can't celebrate nobody else because you're afraid somebody else going to get your shine. Tell your neighbor, we in this together. Amen. When members of our church start getting increases, I start shouting. Hallelujah. That means your tithe is going to increase. Glory be to God. Amen. So look at that relationship to the point. It doesn't even say her husband made a decision. The prophet kept coming by and she said, I hope I'm not boring y'all with this dialect. We just finished shouting. Let me give you this information. She said, oh, wow, you know, this prophet keep coming through here. Let's make space for him. And I told you on New Year's Eve, you need to make space for the prophetic in your life. I'm not telling you not to be logical. I'm not telling you not to be a realistic person. I'm not telling you not to budget. I'm not t- talking to, telling you not to analyze the past to consider what you, next move you're going to make. But after you do all of that dissecting in your own natural means, make space for the prophetic. So we just finished shouting and dancing, right? Because I released a word on uh, New Year's Eve about March and I really felt that thing. When I said March, I really felt it in, in the spirit. And we danced and so I got so many testimonies like, Bishop, this is a confirmation because I got something I got to do in March and I just believe that was my sign. But what happens? What y'all think will happen when we get to March and we get the blessing and, and things unfold? You know what's going to happen in March? There's another word that's going to come for another month. Does that mean it's disingenuous? Does it mean we are, uh, we're people that are that are just charismatic and conjuring up words for the stimulation of the people. No, let me tell you what we sell in this atmosphere without a currency connected to it. Hope. Hope. The moment, this is why the Bible says Jezebel wants to kill the prophets. Because if the prophetic dies in your life, hope dies in your life. If hope dies in your life, you begin to die. When you stop believing God for anything next, you start considering there's nothing to live for. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I dare you to believe again. That's what the Bible says. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Write that down, Alicia. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Amber, write it down. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. It says, if you believe God, you'll be established. But believe his prophets, you're going to prosper. And this is why you can go to the same church, hear the same words, and get different results. Because everyone that hears it don't believe it. What is it gonna what what is it gonna cost you to believe again? For some of you, it's your pride. Why is it hard for us to believe again? Because we've experienced disappointment in the past. But surely God don't lie. Hey, I need somebody to shout, believe again. Hmm. She made room for the prophetic. And I want to tell you, 
Just because people invite me to their house, I travel all the time. Just because people invite me to their house, I don't go. We don't go to everybody's house. You don't eat at everybody's table. Come on, if you got cats walking across your counter, come on, we don't. (laughs) I'm just saying. If you got a dog walking across your counter, come on. Amen. It is okay. Some of y'all like cats on your counter. That's between you and them. I'm just saying, I can't eat at your house. But he comes. The prophet comes to her house. You know why? Because she honors him. Mother Val, we only attract what we honor. Sometimes we we expect people to to bend who they are to fit our expectations. But in this season, I'm not bending down to fit your frame. Hallelujah. I'm not going to dummy myself down to make you feel comfortable with me. Hallelujah. You call it cockiness. It's just confidence. I'm finally coming into who I'm supposed to be. And I'm not going where I'm tolerated. I'm not trying to press myself into friendships. I'm not begging anybody to love me. I'm not trying to get anybody to accept me. Because I realize I have everything I need for the season I'm in. And I'm only going to places where I'm honored and celebrated. You will only attract what you honor. And let me tell you something. Some of you, the only thing that has kept you from fulfilling your visions and what God has given you is because you have failed to do your internship. You can never dishonor authority and expect to become successful authority. Oh, let me move. 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 Tell your neighbor. If you believe God, come on, tell him, if you believe God, to own your own company and it be successful, pay your bills. Now, how you will get mad because people didn't pay their invoice when you got outstanding invoices? Some of y'all got cable bills and your kids' names and stuff like that. Go back and root that stuff up. Oh, oh! I feel you in the room. Oh, I feel you. I know. So somebody got clapped up. Oh, what, what? <laughs> it's a prophet in the house. Come on. Settle those things. Reconcile those accounts. Yes, I feel like God is calling me to pastor. Have you, how successful has you been serving another pastor? Well, I went to seminary. That's the classroom. You need the internship. You can't dishonor your job and think it's going to make you a successful entrepreneur. You can never breed loyalty out of disloyalty. You can't be nasty to people and expect them to support you. You can't dishonor other people's marriage. I just want to say right now, if you're in the inbox of somebody who's married, 
Come on, we want to clear this up. We want to clear this up in the Holy Ghost. I'm not coming to attack anybody this morning. As a prophet, I want to address you. I want to challenge you. I want to confront you because you cannot dishonor somebody else's marriage and then think you're going to be successful in marriage. I'm telling you, you sow seeds like that, you'll reap them later. Glory be to God. Can't expect to build your future on somebody else's broken past. Glory be to God. Hey, 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 hey. So he gonna, he gonna leave her and marry you and y'all gonna live happily ever after. I just tell the couples who are engaged and you're courting, you know, you gotta abstain from fornication. Now, all of us that single got abstained from fornication, but especially you. Somebody said, well, hold on, where are you coming with that from, Bishop? Well, let, 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 hear, hear my premise behind it. First of all, I'm jealous of you. You at least got a date. Some of us got an open end. We don't know when it's going to happen for us. We don't know if it's going to happen. Y'all got six months to go. Come on, y'all not saying nothing to me in here. Somebody says, what do you, what's your point, Bishop? Because when you operate in fornication with your fiance, you're actually cheating on your spouse. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it later because that, that was too much. Did I hear? Did you hear what I said? No, you're cheating on your spouse when you're fornicating with your fiance. Because what's going to happen when you come into covenant? Covenant comes with conflict. And what was. Um, why the Lord got me I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops <laughs> see you have to be careful even in, in the spirit and spirituality you got to be careful about always going against uh, this, the stats the the, the, uh, the what's solid the, the, the foundation you got to be you got to be careful about going with the establishment going against the establishment Right. For example, when I hear preachers get on on TV and on Facebook and be like, yeah, you, the people where you at, they are jealous of you and they, they don't want to see you walking your anointing. You need to leave that church and come over here. You got to be careful about that. You don't want to breed a culture where people are anti-establishment. Even politically, you got to be careful where people. Oh, oh, oh OK, I'm almost went. Uh oh, uh oh. Where people run a whole campaign over anti-establishment. You got to be careful where people are anti-covenant. Because what happens when you become the establishment? When you have fed people a diet where they are against authority. When you come in authority, they're going to come against you. When you establish in a relationship that it's okay to have sex outside of covenant, when you finally come into covenant and it starts going through conflict, you're going to look for sex outside of the covenant. I hope I brought it full circle for you. 
And so you can't dishonor things and expect to get honor. In 2021, I'm going to honor what I want to attract. I want to attract love, so I'm going to honor love. I want to attract opportunities, so I'm going to honor opportunities. I want to attract money for the sake of the kingdom, so I'm going to honor money. I'm going to honor how I handle money. So first of all, is Elder Sonja, if she had the microphone right now, she would say, honor God with your tithe. Now, in our church, you'll see on the screen, we don't get on people and tell them, you know, if you don't tithe, you're going to be cursed. We, I still believe you will be cursed, but I don't want you to tithe out of a curse, out of a fear of a curse. I want you to, I want you to be sober and conscious and intentional that I'm honoring God with my money. Because what we understand, that if the first part is holy, hey, I'm sorry, the rest of it will be, will be holy. I've been long today. And I've been in my first part. If you help me, if you allow me, I'll just close out and try to finish next week. And I'll try to close out with the aspect that they looked at her and she had been so good to them that they said, we want to bless her. Now, Corey, she didn't ask for a blessing. So we talked about Elisha's character, right? Let's look at her character. She was honoring him simply because it was right to do. Now, I want, when we come to church, I'm gonna, I want to build your expectation and your hope. And I'm going to tell you, come on, praise God because he's going to turn it around. Yes, praise God because he's going to save your family. Praise God because he's going to heal your body. And it is right to praise God for his excellent greatness and his tender mercies, right? But honor God just because it's right to do. Not because of what he did or what you want him to do. And when you do that, that will flow in all of your relationships. Cassie will be good to Ronald. Not because Ronald has been the easiest to get along with this week. She's going to honor her husband because it's, it's right to do. Yeah, I know it's kind of clapping, but I pray that you're listening. Maybe that's why you're not clapping. You're listening. There are going to be opportunities in the ministries of the church that you may not agree with decisions people make. You may not even like how they say it sometimes. But you know what? I'm going to honor them because it's it's, it's the right thing to do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you all this revelation. My tip on the table is not even a reflection of the waitress's service. Uh-oh. 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 I'm going oh, I'm to I'm park right here. I'm going to park right here because I felt it come up in the room. Did you hear what I said? I see what kind of tip she going to get with her attitude. Oh, no, no, no. The tip is not a reflection of their service. The tip is a reflection of my character. How much more should me as a believer with church clothes on and head coverings tip somebody with a nasty attitude? Somebody who understands the grace of God. Somebody who understands that God didn't give me what I deserve. What would be your tip? 
if God had to calculate it? What would you have gotten if God gave you what you deserve? So they, they, they told her, said, oh, they're they talking among themselves. I want to I wanna bless her. I want you to look at somebody and tell them, you should praise God. Because there's a conversation going on now about ways to bless you. I gotta praise him. I said, you should pray. You should praise God for the conversations you don't even know about. It's going on. And the topic of the conversation is how am I gonna bless her? How am I gonna bless him? We wanna we wanna we wanna bless. We Ooh, we wanna we wanna bless come when you maintain your character y'all told me not to jump off the stage I feel like jumping when when you when you do right for the sake of doing right because sometimes you'll look at crooked people and look like they prosper but when you do right for the sake of doing right There'll be conversations that you're not even privy of discussing ways. Stuff you didn't even ask for is getting ready to be released to you. Because your character says you can handle it. Some of you, you passed the test last year. And if this ain't your test, don't shout for it. Everybody don't shout for it. Some of you passed the test because this is a test you failed in times past. This year you passed the test of keeping your mouth closed. Somebody say, well, I, I mean, I, I passed. I mean, it might have been a C, but I passed. Because the best way to defend your character is to maintain your character. I could have said some things to disrupt some people's lives. Hey, and it was hard. There were times, as spiritual as I am, I had some flesh moments. They said, we're going to bless her with a child. Now, this was not supernatural in the sense of immaculate that there would be no coitus or no intercourse. He was old and, and she was getting on up in age. It's not that they had not had sexual relations. It's that their sexual relations had produced anything. But when the prophet spoke a word, what had worked in times past began to function because of a word. I, listen, when you get a word from the Lord, I don't care what you've tried in the past and it did not work. When you get a word from the Lord, this time he going to make a hard thing easy. I said, when you got a word from the Lord, what was broke down? God will fix it just to produce on time what he spoke. Y'all sit on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
Bishop S.Y. Younger, thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.